Hello, welcome to Intellicast. It's season three, episode 12. This is the quarantine edition. Producer Brian is joining me today. Hello, Brian. Hey, Brian. How are you? All right. We're um, separate locations due to working from home. Um, So I think this might be how we do the podcast for a while, but we should be able to do that. Should be seamless, right? Yeah. um, I'm glad we invested in that Zencaster software for our interviews because it's helping us right now. Yeah, it's weird. I don't have a piece of paper in front of me, but that's okay. I'll, I'll have a Microsoft Word document with my notes on it. Um, but hey, thanks for joining us. It is Season 3, Episode 12. Um, this is Brian Lamar, and this is Producer Brian joining us, um, sponsored by EMI Research Solutions. You can reach us at IntelliCast at emi-rs.com, EMI underscore research on Twitter, IntelliCast1 on Twitter. You can leave us a voicemail. You can text us, 513-401-5463. Again, that's 513-401-5463. Um, while you're quarantined, working from home, send us a note. Give us some feedback. We, we'd um, love to answer some emails and talk about whatever topics you want. We should still be doing this probably once a week. We might do this more than once a week. Who knows how this works out, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, why not? Lose <laughs> is flying fast. Um by the way, rate us in your app, and you can vote for us for Podcast of the Year through Little Bird Marketing. By the way, that is not politicking for votes. Vote for whoever you think is the best podcast. I would like to get a lot of votes there. Um, let's get to the current events. Um, quarantine edition. Brian, Producer Brian, there's no news in the world, is there? Not that I'm aware of. I mean, there's some sort of pandemic or something I might have heard about. Right. Have you heard about this? Uh, slightly. Yeah. <laughs> So in all, um, yeah, in all seriousness, that's why we have been we are working from home now, as are many of the people we know. So, yep. Um, with that, we did have some different news updates we wanted to cover. Uh, the first one, Brian, there was a Green Book article that did that estimated that COVID nineteen's economic impact will be about a trillion dollars in lost revenue. Right. I- um, not surprising to me. Um, I would expect who knows how long this lasts, but I think it's going to be almost unmeasurable the the impact of this, depending if it's lasting more than about I don't know two or three weeks, which it looks likely that it will. Um, the impact of small businesses and um, some industries is just going to be catastrophic. So. I feel bad for small industries and mom and pop stops and bars and restaurants and bowling alleys and just about every type of business there is. I think a trillion could be lowballing it, and that's sad to say. Um, hopefully, let's hope for the best that this thing um, is not as bad as we're talking, and then in three weeks we're back to work in the office. But man, it doesn't look good. I think one trillion is is, is already a scary number, right? Yeah, and I agree with you. I think that might be a low ball at this point. And I think yeah. they put this article out prior to all the announcements that we've had just in the last two days. Yeah, I mean, uh, they're already talking bailouts. Obviously, the airline industry will need a bailout. And I think the the um, cruise industry and I think Trump just talked about Boeing. And I mean, there's talk of $1,000 checks to everybody. And I... I I don't know how you bail out small businesses, but that's going to have to be done. Um, man, it's just a mess. So, yeah. Yeah. Let's move on to another story. The next one, um, it was noted that all WPP staff have been told to work from home where possible. 
Um, their CEO has stated that the next few months will be tough, but I have every confidence in our ability to commit, come through this situation together. Yeah, I think we're fortunate that as an entire industry, we can all work with, I mean, our disruption is that, I mean, you can maybe hear my dog snoring in the background and I don't have three screens I'm working on like I do in the office, but um, I think as an industry, we've done a pretty good job of working remotely globally. And most of the time, I have no idea where um, the person I'm emailing is at or talking to on the phone. And so I, I, I think I saw way too e many emails about how companies are handling this. But um, WPP is obviously one of the biggest with their many thousand employees working from home. That's a good thing. And we need the leaders to lead. And um, I think that set the stage for the whole industry, probably at least in the U.S., is working from home. Yeah. Um, with that news, you had the CDC recommending events of 50 or more people be canceled for the next eight weeks. And they recommended that prior to the news, the recommendations yesterday from the president of essentially no gatherings of more than 10 people. Yeah. I mean, I, I think at this point, hopefully people are starting to think this is serious and just really avoiding people at all costs unless it's absolutely necessary. Um, hopefully, I mean – that's weird also following CDC recommendations. I don't think I've ever done that in my lifetime. Um, so like following the, what the CDC says is obviously super important and should not be taken lightly. So hopefully people are um, avoiding all contact with others as much as possible. But yeah, eight weeks, that's a long time. Yeah. I, I just know I have been avoiding contact. I am, we're day three into our work from home stuff and i'm already feeling a little stir crazy because i haven't really left the house right so if this goes yeah. on a long time it's i can see the ramifications of this and i up uh, hey just for everyone who works from home for a living my kudos to you i don't know how you do it i know we have um tony brown who was on um the episode i guess last week and um, or this week it came out. He's worked from home, I think he said, for um, maybe close to a decade. And man, I, I guess you come up with your own, um, the own way of your own way of doing things and your own routine to kind of not be stir crazy and uh, get exercise and to not be distracted and get away from it. Like I noticed last night, I, it was hard for me to get away from work last night, even. Um, just from working from home. So I think that this, I think the societal implications for this, if you can get beyond like the health and the economic implications, I think there will be a lot of new apps built and telecommuting and um, working from home. I mean, all of these things, there'll be so much, there'll be so much advancement. I try to look on the positive side. I think that maybe some businesses are like, we don't even need an office. We, why am I paying for rent for an office? And just so many, I think that, People are out there right now designing things to keep us more connected um, through this coronavirus um, um, hibernation that we're going yeah. through. Hibernation, um, quarantine, yeah. yeah. I, I agree. I mean, there's going to be lots of new stuff out there. I mean, even, even from 10 years ago, think about when some of the other ones have come out, and they've not been this bad, like a SARS or things like that. Right. There was no. This would be grinding to a halt. It wouldn't be work from home. It would just be you'd be at home. You wouldn't be right. streaming Netflix. You, you'd be just bored out of your mind. Right. Yep. We're fortunate. That's for sure. Yeah. So our next 
uh, news story here is the MRBA is a charity that is offering financial support and advice to market researchers, and they have offered their support to those affected by COVID-19. Yeah, good for them. I've never heard of this charity. I think that they are a British charity. So I think um, our, so. Friends, our friends in Britain, which in, um, I guess would include WPP um, and a lot of um, other companies there. That's great. That Hopefully we have something like this in the U.S., but offering support in any way um, is outstanding, especially, I mean, this, this just really started um, just a few days ago was really the impact started to be felt and they're already jumping on it and helping out. That's awesome to hear. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see more of this popping up here in the near term. Yeah, absolutely. The, yeah, I think that soon society will um, step up like I think America and the rest of the world always does. And we'll step up and you'll start to hear great stories of this among many others, I think. Right. Um, and then our final one for this COVID-19 update um, 538 consolidated some recent polls that they put out on Friday. And while I'm, while I was reading this, it may be, I think some of the feelings have probably changed over the last 48 hours right. or so, seeing as this came out, but they did find that overall, uh, people are concerned about COVID-19. It was based on six polls conducted between February 25th and March 11th. They found that between 45 and 57% of Americans said they were either very or somewhat concerned about COVID-19. I would imagine that number has probably spiked. Yeah, you would hope that based upon – yeah, this is the beauty of like tracking studies and recency and survey work. So I'm, I'm assuming uh, 538 will put out something new, if not today, tomorrow, um, where I would hope that's up to – instead of 45 to 57% being very or somewhat concerned, that should be like 90-plus percent, right? Yeah, that's what I, I would, would expect hope. it to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it also said there were some split between Demo Democrat and Republicans, uh, with Democrats being more concerned, but the numbers differed based on the poll. But all of them showed that Democrats were more concerned than Republicans. And there's also a partisan split around Trump's handling of coronavirus. So with that, I think you've seen some people who have been thinking maybe they thought it was maybe blown out of proportion. You've seen them come around in the last couple days. Yeah, but clearly Trump kind of tried to downplay it um, for a period of time. And then the Monday press conference, I think, was the most kind of sobering one that he gave. I think and so. I, and um, that was the, look, you all need to listen to me. This is serious um, kind of press conference. And I think sometimes, I don't know if it's a Republican or Democrat thing, I think that the leaders tend to try to try to maintain, you know, they want people to like freak out, right, and panic. Right. So they kind of build into it. And maybe, I mean, you can certainly argue, and depending on how this works out, you could argue how important this was and they should have done this much sooner. But yeah, I, I understand the, back to the poll, why the Democrats were more concerned than Republicans and there's a partisan split in the way he's handling it. I was hoping this would be more of a time when our country could kind of come together, kind of like after 9-11 and other, you know, tragedies in America history that we kind of came together. Maybe that will still come, but right now I think we're still pretty divided. Yeah, I think I think it'll happen here probably in the next few days, if not in the coming weeks. Um, I I do say though that you have seen a few people out there that have kind of risen to that leadership perspective. Um, I will give this. I am not a big supporter of Mike Pence in terms of policy, but I have been impressed with the way he has handled right. it. Yeah, he certainly. 
calm and collected, right? He's the kind of the opposite of Trump right. in many ways. Right. So while I don't agree with the policy, it's respectful. Okay, yeah, he seems like he knows what he's doing. Um, also here, our governor, um, he seems to he seems to be setting the precedent for governors around the nation on how to handle this. And I mean, I guess I couldn't be more proud to live in Ohio at the moment. Well, even though everything is pretty much shut down, but he has acted upon it when we had like 12 cases. He said, Nope, shut it down. Yeah. Mike DeWine is our governor. And, um, I think it's almost unanimous that we have United in Ohio and that's a Republican governor and Andy Bashir in Kentucky. We live on the border of Kentucky, obviously, but Andy Bashir is a Democratic governor. It's the same thing in, in Kentucky. They've really rallied around him. So at the, I think at the state level, people are really rallying. I was really impressed with Cuomo today and every day he's giving a lot of press conferences. So I think at the state level, you're really seeing leaders lead. And that's that's when you see leaders kind of emerge is in the face of tragedy and certainly Mike DeWine, our governor, is leading. And as he's mentioned, he's he's he was the first one, I think, to shut down the bars and restaurants and the first one to shut down the schools. And um, he'll continue to lead like that. Yeah, I think other than a couple cities out in California that were heavily hit, like San Francisco, where who are now in a essentially quarantined like Italy. Right. But yeah, Mike DeWine was the one who said, Hey, this is what's happening, and it's changed every day. I've, I've almost found his two o'clock press conference almost must see TV because you have to know what's going on. And even yesterday, it was scheduled for two and he didn't come on to like 2.45. But I had that live stream up and it was just reporters just chit-chatting. Yeah, I watched. I, yeah, I did the same thing. I turned it on at two and um, had it in the background until 2.45, just listening to the background. Um, the, the star of the... Um, Mike DeWine press conferences, by the way, is the interpreter. I'm in, I'm in love with that interpreter. I don't know if you've oh, yeah. in the background. She's amazing. Oh, yeah. That, that, that would be one of my um, things I've noticed um, while quarantined in my house is the sign language interpreters at these press conferences. I don't think I've ever noticed them before. Oh, yeah. And she is right up there, too. It's not like off to the side or anything. She is right next to him. <laughs> right. Right. No, she's outstanding. And yeah. I, I do like our – what is it? I don't remember her name, his uh, leading help. Amy Acton? Yes. Yeah, I've been impressed with her as well. Yeah, Amy Acton, I guess she's um, in charge of Ohio. This is I'm going to butcher this, but she's running the Ohio Health Department or something like that. And she is just knowledgeable and pleasant and smart and gives the news and facts. And she, she's, she's incredible. I love her. Yeah. So um, – I guess with that, let's turn to a little bit of market research news that isn't necessarily COVID-19 related. Oh, let's do that. Okay, good. All right. Um, so our first news story is Burke, um, friends of the podcast there here in Cincinnati, has promoted Jamie Baker Pruitt to their newly created role of chief research officer. Yeah, I, um, if you live in Cincinnati, you've probably seen Jamie Baker Pruitt speak. Um, she's been at Burke for quite a while. I don't know how long she's been there, but she's been there for a long time. That's a great move for her. She is super smart. Um, I'm look, looking at the article now. It says 28 years. And so um, good for her, good for Burke, and um, always impressed with her. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, our next one is a BuzzFeed has reported that market research firm Sensor Tower has secretly been using free VPNs on both Android and iOS platforms to harvest internet activity from millions of consumers. Um, when you linked this article, it got me upset. I'll be honest with you. 
And I don't think, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I don't think Sensor Tower is a market research company. I know that they, they, in the article, the BuzzFeed article, they claim that they are, or at least the article does, but they're giving us kind of a bad name. I've never heard of them. And maybe I'm just ignorant to what, what they do, but um, this doesn't sound like what most market research companies would do. This seems um, completely unethical. And so I don't know. How do you feel about that? Well, there's two pieces to it. One, I don't feel it's GDPR compliant. Yeah, certainly not. Um, um, but it it gives market research the industry a bad name when you have that going out, whether they are whether they are truly in the industry or even if they've just been mislabeled as in the industry. It's that either one has given the industry a bad name that they're doing this. Yes, and two. More on a data privacy piece, you're going, oh my, what kind of act? Then it goes into what kind of activity were they collecting and who was, were you using this for business? So do they have like business secrets now or, and how did they essentially find this out? Right. Um, and I mean, in Europe, especially market research is kind of, doesn't have the, the best reputation. Um, so you know, this is this is not good in any way. Hopefully, this kind of flies under the radar. And the other companies that that are using VPN apps, hopefully, they're kind of fixing what they're doing, um, especially the market research companies. Yeah, may, maybe shell out a little bit of money for some of the more reputable ones. We'll give a shout out to ours, the Cisco one. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the other one we have is this. Is, this isn't more of a news story. This is more of a topic that. We both ran across on LinkedIn this week. Yeah. The soliciting of votes for the right. Grit Report. <laughs> um, will we set this up? Um, yeah, I'll let you set this up. Yeah, so the, the CEO of Proto Brand um, a few days ago posted on LinkedIn. His name is Anders uh, Benson. He's a PhD. And he posted a screenshot of Zappy jockeying, he's calling it jockeying for votes for the Grit Survey. Um, basically, Zappy said, uh, as you take the survey, we would ask you to rank Zappy as one of the most innovative suppliers. And um, Anders basically said, hey, this seems kind of biasing. Is this what's what's going on here at Green Book? And this led to, well, I guess we'll link to this discussion in the show notes. And if it's still up, you can read it. But this led, it's still going on. It's led to a lengthy discussion between um, Green Book and Proto Brand and um, Zappy, and there's lots of other people jumping in. A lot of thought leaders in the industry, kind of going back and forth on um, is is this this is what companies should be doing? Um, is that a good summary, Brian? Anything to add to that? No, other than read through the comments. They yeah. some of them are pretty good. Yeah, the comments are outstanding. I, by the way, I love this discussion because I think it's a very relevant discussion we should be having as an industry because companies have been doing this for a while, um, saying, hey, vote for us are the most innovative. And people are doing it on social media platforms. People are doing it as part of their marketing campaigns. People are putting it in their emails. They're probably emailing clients behind the scenes. And then it kind of gets into um, survey research. Is it biased? And is this kind of leading... Um, you know, this is the most representative sample. Is it snowball sample? Is it a convenient sample? Should you be biasing respondents? All of this discussion is in this thread. Um, in my opinion, it's probably from a, a market research company to do that. It's probably a little bit. First of all, it's not a big deal. All right, this it's the it's the grit report, and I think most people realize that it's kind of a marketing piece for people, right? But it's probably a little bit. 
in the gray area to start saying, hey, vote for us for most innovative. Um, I mean, everybody knows Zappy is very innovative and they, they deserve, I think they mentioned they're number five last year and they're certainly one of the most innovative companies in our industry. That I don't think they should even have to ask for votes, but them and a lot of other companies are doing that and the discussion is really the key. So I would, I would um, suggest you read this and if you had um, an opinion on it, either reach out individually or join the discussion because it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, um, I think being on the background, knowing you're innovative, I get that, hey, it's not necessarily representative sample for the GRIT report. Right. You're, it's, they send it to anybody who's signed up with Greenbook. Got it. Yep. But I think there's a line there that probably shouldn't be crossed that might have in the, jo- in the actively going out to just a, your, your database and yep. saying, hey, come vote for us for this it's not because it's not this is different than hey vote for me because i'm up for like we're up for the podcast award remember to vote for us but right that's a that's a little different there's there's democratic voting involved on this where last year we got into how they were pulling it together and it's isn't it some weird mix of mentions and things like that that's how they rank it so it's yeah, there's already some murkiness on how stuff is ranked. So, I mean, it this doesn't help the look of it. Right. Yeah, maybe this exposed something. So Ryan Barry, who's someone that I know, who I have a, a ton of respect for. Almost everybody knows Ryan Barry. He's the CRO of Zappy, and um, I think he's the one that actually wrote the original post. And he he um, had a response which I loved, and he said, "Look, if there's a, a third party that's unbiased." corporate researchers or insights association or green book or SMR who wants to kind of define the sampling frame and um, could kind of be in charge of this um, from an unbiased perspective. I think that's great. And I, I loved his, his response is very positive. He could have got negative because some people were probably going too far in attacking Zappy or him personally. And I, that wasn't the intention of what he originally did, but I loved his response. And it's, it's a great discussion. Um, I mean, Meryl DeBro gets involved. He's the CEO of Mark. And um, it's just one after another of like industry thought leaders with an opinion on this. Um, maybe that's what we do while we're quarantined. We start debating things like this. Yeah, I, I think we might because we're going to be debating a lot of stuff because, well, we're going to be here for a while. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, Dave Carruthers, he's the CEO of Vox Potme, um, Per Smith. Uh, it's just the list goes on and on and on. And I know a lot of people, um, some people reached out to me and said that they're avoiding, including myself, I'm avoiding kind of jumping in on, on this. Uh, this is really kind of between, to me, it's it's an industry discussion led by Protobrand and Zappy and Greenbook, and I'll let them figure it out. And um, at the end of the day, it's kind of an interesting topic. We're all friends, and um, hopefully, you know, something comes out of this this that it's, that it's improved upon, or something that's, um, yeah, a better solution maybe, or something, right? Yeah, maybe it's um, maybe it leads to more of instead of just that open forum where anybody can go in and they accumulate based on mentions. Maybe it's a bit more almost like a speaking track of sort where you submit your nomination. And they maybe it changes how they do it to maybe a panel of judges right. that determine like maybe the top twenty finalists or something like that, and then you vote on those top twenty finalists. Right. And I, I kind of feel bad for Lenny. I think he, you know, Green Book was kind of criticized last year when they 
it went from the I think it was the grit top fifty to all these different categories and you know yeah. and the legitimacy of this. But you know, they they were leaders in this whole innovation um, element of market research, right? They're the ones leading and getting feedback from others um, with the grit report and um, so it, I guess you have. I guess if you're leading, you're going to take you're going to take some heat. But hopefully that um, hopefully the Green Book people stay strong. And if they have to make some slight adjustments, yeah. I'm sure they will. But and they've been making adjustments for the last few years. If you go back four or five years and look at some of the reports that were now to this latest one, it has evolved, and I think it's just going to continue to evolve. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. But yeah, it's a great topic. I recommend going to yeah. it. Um, one other thing I wanted to talk about with you today was that the Insights Association held a town hall last Friday. Oh, yeah. Um, I know you and I both attended it virtually, um, but I wanted to just get your opinion of it. I know it started for me, and this is not necessarily on the topic where they were talking about the crisis management and the current COVID right. stuff going on. Um, I found the first maybe 15 minutes of it was not what I thought it was going to be. And it was losing my interest a little bit, but maybe that second, maybe the last two thirds of it on like what, where you had Isaac and, Oh, Melanie. was it Howard from yeah, Howard. Mel- yeah. Melon and Howard Sle- from Schlesinger. When those guys were talking about some of the impacts they were seeing to business, I found that very insightful. I don't, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I completely agree with you. I, um, I after the first few minutes it was a little boring honestly but you know I had to, you have to set the stage and I think they got into a groove when they talked about really the impact and I think that you couldn't have had three better people on it with Melanie and Howard and Isaac and they mentioned doing this maybe weekly and so I, I really hope that they do it weekly because uh, there were a lot of people online watching it and listening to it I love the Q and A part of it um, and I think that this will hopefully evolve into something that's um, that's a kind of an outlet for people to, to talk about this from a research perspective. And so kudos to the inside session jumping on this and doing, it. I thought it was, it was very good overall. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. Other than the first slow little bit, I love, I thought it was great. And I love the idea of doing it weekly. And I, even the topics that were suggested in the like follow-up survey, all of them sounded great. Even if we do a follow-up to the current, to the uh, COVID-19 one they did on Friday, even if it's just a check back in, Maybe it's the same panelists or even maybe I have a new mix of panelists in there to talk about, hey, what are you seeing? Right, exactly. Yep. Awesome. Well, now that we've talked all the serious stuff, let's have a little fun. Okay. Let's do it. Um, since, we ha- since we are both quarantined, as are several millions and millions of people, um, let's talk about a few things to do while you are in self-quarantine. All right. Um, I listed um, one thing in that my wife and I talked about what we're going to do. And so I decided to order some puzzles. Ooh. And so we, we ordered puzzles last night and we're like, OK, well, it's, it's Monday. We'll have these by Wednesday. We'll be puzzling by Thursday. Right. Well, then I just saw the news that Amazon is prioritizing like food, diapers and cleaning products and medical supplies um, and deprioritizing things like puzzles. So hopefully I have the puzzle soon, but that's one thing that I plan on doing is be kind of getting a little more old school and maybe breaking out the old games and doing some puzzles and some Monopoly and Scrabble. Yeah. Um, I also saw they were trying to hire a hundred thousand people too, for drivers and warehouses just because of the surge of online ordering. Yep. Yeah. The, the gig economy is going to change, right? That'll, that'll, oh yeah. Definitely. 
Oh yeah. Um, I like the puzzle thing. My kids and I, we have been playing some more board games. We actually just taught my daughter and son last night how to play Go Fish. Okay. And they loved it. So my daughter is in preschool, going to be in kindergarten in September. So I thought this would be a good time, one, because we're home and trying to limit the screen time as most parents are. But this would help her work on her, help with her numbers. And it was helping my son too, who's three and will start preschool here in the fall, but it was helping them learn, num- helping them with their numbers. So that is right. one thing. So play- teach them how to play some cards. Yep. Getting old school. There's probably, everybody has a closet full of these old games. Break them out. Well, if you saw my picture from this morning's meeting in my office, a majority of our like more, let's call them adult games. And I don't mean that in the dirty sense, but more for older are sitting next to me, sitting next to my desk. We also have a whole two shelves of kid games in my kids' toy room, which is normally our dining room, but is not going to be until they've grown up. That's that's all I have so far. Um, other than that, I'm uh, I listen to my dog snore all day long. I didn't know my my dog slept all day long, but she lays on the couch and snores all day. Well, for me, reading and or audiobooks. I don't know about the Cincinnati Public Library, but I know here, um, up in Dayton where I live, all of the Dayton Metro libraries shut their doors on Friday. And till further notice, yeah, here so I went in and got a few books on, got some audio books, but also their digital catalog is still up. So I've been catching up on audio books as I'm working here by myself because we don't have the music playing in the office. So just trying to switch it up. Also, uh, trying to catch up on some of my Netflix. So having two little kids, we watch a lot of kids shows. So now is my time to catch up on some of my streaming stuff. So like Hunters on Amazon Prime. Brian, do you have any shows you would recommend? I, I have five shows that I'm recommending. Because I did show prep for once. Um, that's Maybe that's the benefit of me working from home. I get to do show prep. First thing, f- by the way, is Friends on 24 hours a day? Because I, I don't know. It's just on constantly. I don't know what's going on. I don't recommend Friends, but it's, hey, it's, it's hey, available. They get a ton um, of money for oh all my gosh, those re It's just constant. Okay, first show is Marble Racing. So I'm a sports fanatic. If you've listened to the podcast for a long time, I, this is the best time of year for sports. So... I'm kind of in a state of depression because of the lack of March Madness and every other single sport um, shutting down. So I watched marble racing last night for a good hour. I think I'm into marble racing. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to research today. If I can wager on marble racing, if you haven't seen it, it's just some guy. I don't know. <laughs> he's, he makes YouTube videos and he builds these marble tracks and he creates a whole sport around marble racing, including, um, he has a league, and he um, a pretty cool announcing of it with you know, it's ten minute races. It's pretty cool, but I, I got into it last night. I have seen these videos on Twitter, and I watched it, and we're going, "What is this?" It's fascinating. So maybe I think there's an opportunity for ESPN to kind of put some of this junk on, like the old um, the Ocho jokes that they do once a yeah. year. I mean, they're going to do something. So marble racing would be my number one pick. All right. We watched cliff diving last night too. I watched cliff diving. Uh, my wife got into that because it was in a beautiful area of Wales. Um, so I recommend that. And then the other three shows I have, McMillions. If you haven't watched that documentary, it's about um, a group of people that stole all of the Ronald Mc- all the McDonald's Monopoly winning million-dollar winners and other winners as well. Um, did you watch that, Brian? 
I no, I I want to, but I haven't yet. But they're the people who ruined it for everybody. This is why McDonald's doesn't have the Monopoly game anymore. Yeah, it's it's a fascinating story. It's a well done documentary, and so there's that. And then the other two are Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is you're getting new content, and um, Larry David is just a genius, and that's fascinating. And then the documentary Cheer, I know that kind of took off in the past few weeks, but I highly recommend Cheer. It's kind of a feel-good escape documentary. It's um, I think we talked about this a little bit before, but it's, it's kind of like Last Chance You, only everybody's very likable, and it's a positive story. And so if you, it's, it's just kind of a cool story. Yeah, I have a couple here. Um one for my kids and I, uh, Boss Baby on Netflix. So you know that they did the full movie a few years back with Alec Baldwin, but Netflix has the rights to do the TV show version of it. So they actually just launched season three on Monday. So we have been holding that over for the weekend when the kids are here, but we have watched the first two seasons several times. It does have some adult humor in it, so that jokes that younger kids won't get but it's a good one to watch um another one is a show from taste made it's called struggle meals with that it's cooking it's cooking ideas and cooking for low dollar per plate so he tries to keep it within two to three dollars a serving um and if you don't have the taste made app they have opened it up for everyone for free for now so you can watch those. They do post the videos on YouTube as well. But it's being able to use everything you've got, and I think that's probably some good advice right now. As right, if you have, if you if you've been to a grocery store in the last few days, it ain't fun. Agreed. But that that one we've been watching. My son calls it Snuggle Meals because he hasn't got the ST yet. Um, and finally, my last one. Been catching up on single parents. That is something my wife and I enjoy watching just because we can relate to it. So, and we normally get a little bit of time and we are catching up on this current season. Okay. I don't watch any of those shows. Maybe I should, I'll have time. Maybe I should this weekend, I'll catch up on it. Yeah. Um, We'd love for anyone else if they want to submit what they're doing, a top five thing to do during self quarantine or even a TV or movie recommendation. That we'll put those out there on our IntelliCast Twitter. Oh, nice. Wow. All right. Anything else you want to talk about, Producer Brian? I think that's about it. Okay. Um, well, this is kind of like almost a little special bonus episode, so I hope you enjoyed it. I would Again, as Brian mentioned, we'd love your feedback. IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. Follow us on Twitter at EMI underscore research or, under, or IntelliCast1. And thanks, everybody. Have a good week. Bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.